Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ball Boys. My name is Paul Muncombe. That's four vowels, 12 letters, and I'm here to turn your stances out. Joining me is Billy Hansen, the most handsome ball boy in the block. Hey, Billy, how's it going? Hey, Paul. It's going great. I'm thrilled to be here. I know. Me too. Me too. It's going to be great. And yeah, we are Ball Boys, the podcast. Um, we are a podcast for the LGBTQIA plus community who loves tennis as much as we do. This is the place that satisfies your tennis obsession with a queer take. So let yourself enjoy a gay take on the tennis world. Settle in for a good time and don't fault yourself if you keep coming back. That's right. And if you don't identify as LGBTQIA+, you better get out of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, you know, Ball Boys is not exactly the place where you're going to go to get every score and every deep analysis of every match that goes on out there. But it is where we're going to talk about the ins and outs of the game as we see it and have a lot of fun with it along the way. And to start off with our first episode, we're just going to look a little bit back at what's been going on in 2023 so far, because honestly, a lot's been going on. Um, tennis, it's a sport that is never done. There's barely a break in any season. And uh, we're already deep into the schedule of 2023 with lots of news going on. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the state of the WTA and the ATP. And we're going to start off with the WTA. And, you know, Billy, how would you sum up the, the WTA these days? Well, to sum up the WTA, the state of the WTA, we're going to use a measurement um, called the Shriekometer, inspired by the Gruntometer, which was developed by the British tabloids in 1991 uh, for Monica uh, and And this shriek slash grunt slash groan is going to slash exhale is going to uh, characterize our take on the current state of the wta or atp or any other topic i love yeah. that so so what's 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 your shriek a meter score for the wta <laughs> whoa that <laughs> sounded dangerous that sounded intense I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, we were in a point we were reaching for a maybe a, a one hand backhand lob. We normally have a two hander. We barely got our racket on it. Went over our opponent's head. It okay. Might have been, but she may have challenged it. What's your shriek meter? You know, I'm gonna say okay. mine is just a straightforward. Ugh. And that's because there's just been a lot of lopsides. There's been a lot of lumpy matches, a lot of bagels. Yeah. What is a lumpy match? Kind of roll over somebody, you kind of pancake them. You kind of, it's just like a lumpy, bumpy, mm. bump on a log kind of match. There's been a lot of that for me with the WTA. And so, I mean, I'm curious to hear more about yours and, you know, like what have been some some highs and lows or as we say on Ball Boys, the flops and the bops? We'll start with a little game, a little test of your tennis IQ. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to name four matches that were all played in the second round <laughs> of Doha about a week ago, a 500 level WTA tournament. And I want you to tell me what is similar about these matches. So we had Sophia Kennan 
versus Veronica Kudermatova. Mm-hmm. Victoria Vinka versus Belinda Bencic. Okay. Questionable yeah. politics. Okay. Petra Kvitova versus Coco Goff. We had Ostapenko, Yelena Ostapenko versus Jesse Pagula. So the question is, what's in common? Yeah. What do we got in common? We got Grand Slam winners in every match. Wow. Paul, you never fail. No. I dazzle. But for a bonus, what do all of the non-Grand Slam winners, Kudermatova, Bencic, Goff, Pagula, have in common at this tournament? <clears throat> they were all ranked in the top 10. They were all seated. Exactly. So we had four seated non-Grand Slam champs versus four unseated Grand Slam champs. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the state of the WTA. A lot of depth, a lot of parity, a lot of exciting first, second round matches. It can be kind of chaotic. It can be hard to follow. I'm not going to lie. If, mm-hmm. if you're a casual fan, it must just be like, who, what, where, huh? No, I, I, I agree with that. I also find it hard to watch. Well, for many what reasons. About what about it is hard to watch? I'm on the other side of the argument of parody where I just feel like the women's game is just not um, living up to the the high performance levels that I think we were spoiled with maybe a decade ago when it was uh, Ennin and Kleisters and Davenport at her prime and Serena and Venus and, you know, just these monster games and there's just at the very top of the women's game i agree it's parody but it's not that they're all at the top it's that they're kind of all just a little bit b plus so that leads me to my flops my bops my bops my flops a bop would be iga shiontek and sort of the way she is coming onto the court dominating and really playing at a level that I'm not sure I've seen. So related to your point, have you seen that level? I mean, I would agree. She is a dom bop. Um, she is she is dominant and she is a bop. Dom bop. Have I seen that level before? Yes, I have seen this level before. Um, I think it's very similar to what she did last year when she went on her 36 match win streak. And it's great. And she and not only is she winning, she is crushing everyone. That's why my my shrieker meter was what it was. It was just a bunch of lumpy bagels. It was just carb city. She was just like, here's a bagel, here's a bagel, here's a bagel. Everybody gets bagels because y'all are not really bringing it. But then she mm. loses. Then she loses in the final to uh, you know our our friend Barbora, and I was a well, little surprised. Wouldn't you say Barbora is another Bob? I think that it's. I I don't find anything boppable about her game. To be honest, I think that she's a great doubles player, but she's not really uh, that exciting to watch as a singles player. She does prove though that you, if you sit in the stands and watch your colleagues along with the other two fans and your colleague's coach, it might give you some tennis IQ that helps you uh, pull out matches because mm-hmm. Barbora is in the stands for every match. Yeah. No, she's really good at... Oh, so if we're talking about like seat fillers, if we're talking about like concession stand participation, um, if we're talking about like uh, clapping, like she's she is up there. <laughs> Layering when it's cold. I think think she's really good at um, moderating her temperature. 
Well, so what are some of your what are some of your flops or what are what are, what else do you have going on? I just do have to say related to all this that I I wonder if Osaka were playing, Barty were playing, Goff continued to improve and was playing and we had Never to love yeah. Are we just doing like a, a dream list? Graph. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Austin if they were all playing right now it would be great. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I do. I mean, these players are rough. They are all a couple years of age within each other. I wonder what that might look like to have all four of those peaking simultaneously. Yep, absolutely. You the ready problem for is the problem is they're not peaking simultaneously, and that's that's what's disappointing. So, yeah, they'd be great if the best players in the world were all playing great, but they're not. That's the problem. But yeah, so what are some flops? I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you there, Paul. I am finally. It's like pulling teeth out of your perfect mouth. Uh, so you want to know a flop? Yes. I don't need Serena to hint that she's coming back. Agree. Right? Yeah. I mean, you had probably, and you deserved it. You deserved it. But you might have had the best send-off that any player has ever had. Better than Andre Agassi even better than Federer even at the Labor Cup. I mean, no, just from match to match to match the way. But who who sang to Roger Federer and made him and Nadal cry? Remember that? It was like the theme to like Fifty Shades of Grey or something. <laughs> like they were both weeping on that bench. There were no, there was no moment like that for Serena. But I hear you. She had a great farewell. And I do think uh, Jamie Dornan supposedly had a butt double, but I don't think that... I refuse to believe that. What's her face? The daughter of Dakota Johnson. She did not have a body double. Dakota Fanning. No Dakota has ever had a butt double. (laughs) So I I understand Serena wants to remain relevant, and it's hard. There's not really a a great map for an athlete remaining relevant post-retirement. And she wants to keep her sponsorships. She wants to keep her Super Bowl ads. Mm -hmm. I get it. But I don't need you saying, hey, there's a tennis court right up in in my backyard. I'm playing all the time. Guess what? I'm hitting the ball really well. I could beat all of these women. Like, I might come back any moment. I don't know. I I, I respect her a lot. I feel the same way. I I honestly, the last few years of Serena's career was suffering from, um, you know, the Margaret Court fatigue. There were at least five or six slams that she could have won really mm-hmm. like realistically. And it just, it kept, there was just one thing after another and you kind of started to realize it wasn't going to happen. And it was pain. It was hard to watch. It was tough. And so I, I, I can't go through that again. I can't, I can't get hurt anymore. I do want to say though, that what excites me is that Margaret court remains relevant because now the question is not, is Serena Williams going to catch up to Margaret Court? It's, is Novak going to catch up to Margaret Court? Is yep. Rafa going to catch up to Margaret Court? And I'm just so is excited. Panko going to catch mm-hmm. up to Margaret Court? Yeah. I'm so excited that Margaret Court remains in the conversation. In the she, she is the, um, you know, what do they call it? Like in a dog race? Like she's the bunny that like all the dogs are chasing. So yeah, like get that bunny. Let's that Margaret. I hope, I hope we're talking about her for years and years to come. Good day. Another flop, my final flop is just sort of commentators and really tennis media in general evading or avoiding controversies. 
Yes, specifically maybe doping controversies, you know, trying to be kind of being opaque about these scandals. I think tennis is strong enough to withstand those hard conversations. I think it's up to sort of our leading media figures to have that conversation. So that's a flop yeah. in my book. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could I could spend uh, quite a while um, just talking about commentary in general, although I guess commenting on commentary is about as fun as um, telling you about my dream. But yeah, I completely agree. Uh, we need to get a little more realistic with how we talk about things and, and, and how we cover different stories. And uh, yeah, big flop. Was I in your dream again? Yeah. You yeah, were doping. You were doping in my dream. Is it that Debbie Gibson song only in my dreams? Mm. It's about Billy Hansen doping. Well, uh, that's a perfect segue to the state of the ATP, which is I think all you're talking about a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, the ATP is in a really interesting phase right now. You know, the men's game, we're coming out of the golden age of tennis for men. Um, you know, if, if, if I, if I have nostalgia for, the 2000s for women, you know, 10 years ago, the men's game with the big four and Vavrinka and just the elegance and the beauty the big four and Vavrinka. Cause he, he even said he was not part of the big four. He didn't have the, the record to be part of the big four, but he does have as many grand slams as Murray, who is in the big four, but just what they were doing with the game, the way that they carried themselves, the way that they played, just the, the mastery. It was just, I mean, it was literally next level. And so right now I'm going to give the, the shriek meter for the ATP. I don't know if I'll get the, the accent right, but it's blah. Oh yeah. It's I'm gearing up for my big forehand and it's, it's going to go there. Um, and I'm going to smack the crap out of it, but it's not going to do what we want it to do. I haven't heard you make a sound like that since last Friday night. Well, I love drag race. What can I say? <laughs> uh, okay. You, you ready for mine? Yeah. What, what, how, what's your shriek a meter? <clears throat> I haven't heard you make that noise since Saturday morning. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just because I feel like unfortunately women's sport is held to a, a a tougher standard men's sport has its foundation of like we're always going to watch so ebbs and flows we'll watch and i don't mean we meaning me i just mean we. yeah you don't watch men's tennis <laughs> i don't i did it for this podcast i watched a couple minutes of, of ben shelton versus Olga room <clears throat> i thought it was blake <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, I just feel like uh, men's tennis is trucking along. I will say that if someone doesn't step up with some charisma, and we oh. have some contenders, we have Alcaraz, we have Tiafo, we maybe even have Aruna, we have Shelton, some of these players we've just mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, we might be in trouble. But right now, I'm okay with the transition. It's it is transitioning. Is yeah, um, if Yannick Sinner, you know, improves. He could be a real name to to be on the on the tip of our tongues. Yeah, no, the tip of our the Yannick Sinner is the name on everybody's lips, and um, I agree. I think that he has a lot of a lot of promise and potential. But yeah, right now it's been ten years. We've been like the next generation's coming, the next generation's coming, and you know they're just never going to come. And it's just like they've got to like get it together so they can finally come. You know, mm -hmm. like there's like Djokovic is just beating everybody off. Yeah. I'm like new balls. 
Please. <laughs> we need some new balls. Yeah. But, um, you know, then but, that, that, that brings me to, to my first flop slash bop. So this, I didn't know how to classify, classify, mm. but this week, Djokovic, he, uh, he just broke the record for the most weeks at number one, beating, uh, the topping. He finally topped Steffi Graf. And I don't know how I feel about that. I honestly, you know, this is something that I think we're, we're going to need to unpack on ball boys a little bit is I don't know anyone who likes Djokovic, especially in the gay community. Like I, and I'm one of them. I am not a fan of Novak. I just, I don't know if it's per, his personality, his temper tantrums, his, um, inauthenticity. I guess I'm, I guess I do know why it's all of those things. He doesn't seem authentic. He doesn't seem like a nice guy. He doesn't seem, um, like, uh, like a, a gentleman, but he is destroying every record. And I think he's going to end up with like, 30 grand slams and we I have to ask you it. a question i want to ask you a question i want you to be honest paul okay. even if it doesn't make you look good and the question is is it the lighting <laughs> paul did you like novak back in the day like oh seven oh six beyond when he was when he was very very new um mm -hmm. i found him you know, like the when they called him the Joker, and yeah. he was kind of this funny character. Yes, absolutely. Um, I thought that I thought that he was kind of entertaining, but there was never a real like heart and soul to him. And so once he stopped being the Joker, he didn't replace it with anything else. You know, I don't get like he doesn't give much. Uh, in terms of who he is or much personality. And so now that he's basically head and shoulders above everyone else and he's going to continue on, it's just, it, uh, you know, not to, to age myself. Uh, I'm only in my early to mid, late, younger thirties and forties, mm -hmm. but it reminds me a little bit of, um, Yvonne Lendl, where it's just like, okay, great games, great. But stuff. Yvonne Lendl did not start charming. Yvonne Lendl was. Well, yeah, he was always kind of the, route, the villain. I, I wonder a little bit with Novak, like, has he traded something light-hearted in for something dark-hearted? Yeah. So you're saying he might have made a deal with some sorts, uh, a deal with like Ursula. <laughs> he gave he gave his voice in order to mm -hmm. walk to find his prince. Okay, everybody. Fun fact about Paul: he's got a voice that. Under so, the sea. So, so Under Paul, you give us a little bit of of uh, Novak uh, sacrificing his <laughs> light sided part of his personality to Ursula, please. Well, am I Ursula or am I Novak? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, when he's just saying, yeah. oh, yeah. so uh, for him, he'd be like, oh. oh, 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 oh. Oh. Is he doing his kind of giving his uh, well, then, his body to every corner of the stands? Of Ursula, so he's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I think that's. I think you're right. Honestly, I give that a bop. Like, girl, if you gave your if you gave away your voice to become a all time leader in Grand Slams, I say work. Yeah, I I I would hate if your microphone malfunctioned during that performance because that was oh no 
It was okay. all me. That was not lips. If anyone accuses me of lip syncing during that last, um, I want you to write into Ball Boys, and we will. I will prove to you. I will show up anywhere and sing for you. <laughs> that okay. Performance was not auto tuned. So no, it was not tuned. <laughs> it was not auto. It was. I don't even know where auto is. Um. So okay, <laughs> my other block, my other flops and blocks and blops and blips. Um. <laughs> Is okay. The one thing I do love about the men's tour right now is that it is chaos depending on what tournament is going on, where. Like, so last week, you could go to an indoor tournament and play with no lines judges. You could go to an outdoor clay tournament that has lines judges. You could go to another outdoor tournament in uh, Qatar that uh, has lines judges, but with um, the ability to get um, instant replay. And it was, it's like, depending on where you are, like one of the crazy things about this time of year in the ATP is just how varied and verse all of the different tournaments are. And you can just sort of, you can show up and you can be like, Hey, today I'm into clay. And then you can be like, Hey, I really want to play indoors and I don't want to see a lines judge anywhere. Remind me, is this a flop or a bop? So this is, Oh, this is a bop. Cause it's yeah, just because it's chaos. I want to go to all of those tournaments with you, but how can I be in three places at once? I mean, we I've tried to split you in two, but I guess we could try for splitting you in three. I can handle it. But, you know, it's interesting because when the, it's kind of like, I don't know if COVID helped with this, but I am so used to them not having lines people anywhere that when I see them now, I'm like, why are they even there? Because all they're doing is fucking up calls. You know, like we just need to have like a, okay, look, y'all were great. We love you. You impacted a lot of things, whether it was Serena's final at the U.S. Open or allowing Novak to leave early because um, he hit you in the neck with a ball. Like your your service is is noted, but it's time to move just into this electric because there are enough mistakes out there. It impedes the game, and I honestly feel like with automatic lines calling now people are aiming for the lines more than ever. Like they're getting so close. They are, they're learning how to hit the back of the line. And it's because you can, you can challenge anything. I, I think that's absolutely true. And I think you'll be able to prove it because so few tournaments now have lines. People lines, people no longer, I feel like travel and you can tell those lines. People are local. Oh. So oh, they, honey. they are working very, a lot of part-time gigs. They're like, ah, oh, I just finished my shift at the, at uh, the wherever and i'm <laughs> the piggly wiggly yeah i mean yeah. It's... and 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 here i am what is this what am i doing oh oh i'm calling yeah. oh out yeah yeah out yeah. you know and, and that's their that's they're they're not traveling around it's no. it's messy it's no. i'm over it i'm with you i hate when they won't travel and they only host it's so annoying um i don't know i i, I don't have to clean up my place <laughs> And it's messy. <laughs> and it's and it's messy, yes. Um, okay, my last so this is this is a flop also, and I think it's related to what you're talking about also of just people need to step it up a little bit. Like, so this next generation, I do agree, there's a lot of potential between Rune and Rude and Rublev, um, and Alcaraz, of course. But like they they are so young and they're getting so injured left and right. You know, Rune just has been dropping out of tournaments because of his wrist injuries. Yannick Sinner, who is a freaking genius on the court, he has 
this habit. I don't know if it's the curse of the, the, the quarterfinal curse, but he withdraws. He pulls out more than anyone I've ever met in my life. And I've met a lot of people. And it's just like these injuries, you know, Alcarez. Alcarez is a, he is the maestro of the tennis court and he's barely played in the last four months. He limped through the Rio Open this week. And honestly, somehow on one leg, like a freaking pirate, he almost beat Cam Nori, who is. Oh, thrilling. That match was, I, I want to oh. watch Alcaraz on one leg. I'll, every, I'll, I'll take it. That oh my was God. Great. The oh, stuff that he those winners. Yeah. Oh, the there drop shots. I mean, I yeah. felt so bad for Cam Nori at one point because I was like, okay, <laughs> this person literally can't walk and you're really struggling here. Now, that's got to be a total mind F you know what. It's really, Cam I don't Nori, know if though, doing a great job with, with the necklaces on the AP, ATP tour. Oh, his styling is great and his little duck hair thing. I love it. But I just, I'm really worried that there's something going on in the men's game where I don't know if it's the balls or the tension or the torque, but everyone's injured way more. Like, Guys, whatever Djokovic is doing to not get injured, like get on his boot camp because we need to, we need you guys healthy. Otherwise, it's really not that much fun to watch people who shouldn't be winning top tournaments, people who should not be ranked in the top five. And someone who just entered the top five this week knows what I'm talking about Mm. because these injuries and we just, we need to get it together. Uh, You know who I'm talking about when I say that? Taylor Fritz is in the top five in the yeah. world. He does not have a top five game. Sorry, he doesn't. I will say it might be 200 years from now where we look back on this era of men's tennis and be like, oh, that was insanity. And it's it's never happened since. Like this era of Novak, Rafa, and Federer. Like that is... Oh. Insanity. So you may, I understand your discussion of injuries, but you may just be adjusting to an era where we've got someone winning a slam, another person winning a slam, another person winning a couple and then going on a slump. But it just might be like that for a while. I'm calling this the the Hewitt years, like when Leighton Hewitt won a lot between Agassi and Sampras and the emergence of Federer. Like, sure. But like, girls, we got to get it together. Peter Corda snagged a slam. I Marcelo mean, Rios was number one. They were, giving, they were giving out slams at the DMV. I miss, I miss those guys. Same. All right. So now it's time for our speed round of ball boys. Uh, if you didn't think that we were being uh, gossipy and shrewy enough, now it's time for outfits and outbursts. That's where we look at the most important part of tennis. Um, what people are doing outside of the game, you know, whether it's their looks, their uh, racket abuse, their uh, drama, their antics, um, everything that makes watching these tennis players even more fun than uh, a one-handed Vavrinka backhand. Um, so we're going to go speed round quickly through just some of the most recent outfits and outbursts that caught our eye and were worth talking about. Um, and I'm going to hand it over to Billy for the first one. Let's do it. So my first comes courtesy of Yelena Ostapenko in Abu Dhabi. Mm. Not just courtesy of Yelena, her mother, also Yelena Ostapenko, said something during Ostapenko's match against Collins. She called Collins something. Do you know what she called her, Paul? Uh, No, what did she call her? I'm not sure. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that was an actual question. (laughs) They never showed? Well, they never showed it, but I... 
You think B word, you think C word, could it have been C word? I don't know. Well, what makes you think that she called her anything? Was it well, shown on TV? Collins had a, about a 10 minute meltdown about it. Oh, wow. You've been clearly following the WTA closely. Ostapenko's mom called Daniel Collins something. <laughs> how dare she? What if she was just like, let's go, Danielle? And she's like, how dare you? I think it's, I think it was you hope, Danielle. Let's <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Well, so um, on the men's side, equally mm-hmm. as important and timely um, is Carlos Alcaraz's brand partnership with Calvin Klein. And so uh, heads up uh, listeners and viewers, you can go to Carlos Alcaraz's Instagram page where you can see a gorgeous black and white shot where he's just selling some underwear. He's just like, Hey, you want to buy some underwear? And it's just, it's, it's the thirst. It is 20 year old boy being like, Hey, this is me and my underwear. Yeah. And you know what I love about the photo is it seems somewhat innocent and Hey, Carlito, keeping innocent for as long as you can be. Yeah, right? good for you, Carlos. Yeah. That, that will be on your feed forever, but good for you. Yeah. Well, I, I've got a, a an outburst. Yeah. Which I randomly, you know, started subscribing to the uh, Daily Express, the UK tabloid, I guess it is, Daily Express, their newsletter. UK tabloids are their own beast which I've, I've realized reading this newsletter and one of the headlines the news was, from somewhere. What's interesting is that the, the headlines are sensational. Uh, certain elements of the article are sensational, but I do think they're fact-based. Anyway, the headline was Coco Goff told to take eight month break. <laughs> and it's like, Whoa, Co- Coco Goff told to take eight month break. Turned out it was just Mary Joe Fernandez very delicately and carefully and thoughtfully saying, well, I think maybe if Coco Goff, she's such a great player. She's amazing. I mean, she might get to number one in the world, but if she took a couple months off just to work on her forehand, who knows? It might have some benefit. But like the headline was Coco told to take eight month break. I wonder why they said eight months. My, my, my brain went to, oh, my God, pregnancy scare. But okay, that's Naomi. That's not, well, that's not a scare. That's a beautiful thing. We love you, Naomi. Well, so my next one is um, an outburst, and this is Bublik's um, triple threat, which is basically just him smashing three rackets at once. And it's just, it's, it's come on the heels of a couple of years of some real brash behavior on court that I feel like the umpires or the, the tournament directors need to get it a little under control. Johnny Mack is the king of, of, uh, the, the verbal abuse of umpires, but it, I feel like he would almost be seen as tame these days where it's just like everyone is throwing a racket and throwing a fit. And, you know, at the Australian Open, the, the moment, the diva moment of the Australian Open was when, uh, Allison Armitra's risk had an issue with a, a call that the umpire made and she was correct and, uh, she got heated. And the way that she responded to him with the, oh, do you? Oh, I bet you, I bet you think that, don't you? Yeah. It was, it was high camp. It was Kristen Wiig uh, in Bridesmaids when she is helping someone at the jewelry store and calling her a cunt. Yeah, like, this was, you want to oh, climb you up? So? That, you want me to climb up that ladder and kiss your little toes? Oh. Did you go? And you know, people will think that we're exaggerating. We're not. It was everything, and we loved it. And honestly, Allison, I love you more than ever because of it. And the last, the last one, just to back on outfits, is that 
honestly, I feel like I'm having these fever dreams, but it's not. It's just that Nike pattern over and over and over again. There's since deb debuting at the Australian Open, it has continued across the WTA and the ATP. This pattern that is like it's like I've done um, psilocybin. Um, it's like I've gotten a, a colonoscopy, and they've shown me the pattern that's come out. It is what what psilocybin? I think it's mushrooms, hmm. is it, or is that psilocybin? Or no, psyllium husk <laughs> is what I take when I want to bottom. But okay. psilocybin is it's magic mushrooms, and it's basically just. I feel like I'm hallucinating <laughs> when I watch this. And everyone, it was so wild at the Australian Open when like Belinda Bencic and Sabalenka played each other, and they were wearing the exact same outfit. And it's like, I mean, could you imagine that happening at the Oscars? And it's like you show up in the same gown. It's like, oh my god, like these poor girls. And it's like the only way to tell them apart was like. Well, I mean, there wasn't much way to tell them apart because uh, they both have the same weaknesses. Um, but I love that that pattern is being used and reused. It's like that Simpsons episode where Marge Simpson had one Chanel suit and she's like, now I'm going to make it into culottes. Now I'm going to make it into a hat. And she just that, that pattern is everywhere. And uh, honestly, I'm ready for it to go. But it's just it's it's made a statement. Well, we'll see if that outfit uh, continues on at Indian Wells in Miami or if they give us something new. Well, but, I can't wait uh, to see it because we will be live at Indian Wells, everybody. So tune in for that next episode because that's going to be a humdinger. And now we're going to go, we're going to close the game, the, close our first, our very first episode, our very first podcast of Ball Boys. Um, and for the listeners, we're going to play one last game and it is called Will She Win Another? And basically what this game is, is, hey, we've got a lot of Grand Slam winners out there more and more every day, it seems. And the question is, will she win another? And so the the game is Billy is going to ask me about five players and I'm going to ask him about five players and whoever gets the most right is going to win a really important prize. All right. Will she win another? Are you ready? Yes. Alcaraz. Alcaraz. And we're talking singles and doubles or mixed or is it just singles? Singles only. Okay. Unless we do a special version of this game. Yeah, maybe another time. Okay, singles. Alcaraz absolutely is going to win another. Yeah. You're right. And I think he might win it on one leg. You know, the Pirate Open is coming up. Oh, Carlos Alcaraz. That's how you say it in Pirate. Barbora Krejcikova. Ooh. Now, you know, because she just had... Um, that that win um in was it doha or dubai i can't i always get the confused it's like my it's like my daughter's doha and dubai doha. Uh, doha yeah so based on that win you know i'm gonna have to say no she's not gonna win another she is no which she, one she, she loves tennis she loves being on tour she loves playing offense she loves playing defense she's got every shot and which one do you think she's going to win? I think it's going to, it'll be like French 2026 or something. It's going to be. A, oh, yeah. Just I don't think she's totally. going to win one more slam. One more. Okay. Slam. Okay. I didn't know I had to look that deep into my crystal. No, I was just curious, you know, what, what your crystal ball said. So yeah. I guess 20, so we're, 26 Roland Garros. We're not really going to be able to validate these scores then until, you know, 
they're on their deathbed because maybe Kvitova is going to come back at 90. Possibly. At the 2065 Wimbledon. So you're a one for two. One for two. Okay. All right. Fair. Medvedev. 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 Well, because he's been on a tear lately and he's finally getting his form back, he's won his last two tournaments. He is, he's back to being like a weirdo, which I think, I think that's where he belongs. He does not belong as like carrying the mantle of the ATP. He's just this weird dude who's really funny and really freaking hard to beat. Um, I'm going to say absolutely yes. Yes, you're right. There's no way. There's two for three. Yeah. Nice, Paul. Way to write the ship. Next, Garbin. Oh. Muguruza. Muguruza. Uh, Muguruthless, you know, I really want to say yes. I really, really, really want to say yes. Because four or five years ago, it was a hard yes. She was it. She was giving. But it's no. She's not going to win another slam. My heart wants to say yes, but my head says no, and the answer is no. So you're three for four. Ah! All right. So that... Killing it. Paul, yeah. You're doing really well so far, but your last... It's like grinder. I'm killing it. Oh my gosh! Uh, hearing hearing that phone go off. I'm glad you're in the other room. So, <laughs> uh, Andy Murray. Mm, I would like to say yes. He is so painful to watch these days. Just the way he walks, it looks like his hips are about to fall off. He is always mad, and he always finds a way to turn every match into a three or a five setter when it doesn't need to be. And the answer well, is no. The answer is no, you are right. Congratulations. But you have to say he's given us a lot of entertainment so far this year. I mean, single-handedly, uh, he might, he honestly might be winning off of guile and court uh, smarts and creativity. Coco guile. So you're four for five. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I I think it's my turn now. I think I'm going to yes. do this. Okay. And, and, and just so you know, Paul has written his crystal ball readings down ahead of time, so he can't just change his answers on the fly. Well, and Paul's not the only one. Billy also has. So uh, so this is all verified. Yeah, um, and it's not like it's a living Google Doc or anything that we could change. It this can't be changed. <laughs> no. Um, you Ernst and Young is verifying this. Um, they found a little bit of a window between SAG and the Oscars. Um, so we are now going to go to the the second half of the alphabet. And so will she win another? And we're going to start with Ariana Sabalenka. You mean Arena Sabalenka? Ariana <laughs> Grande Sabalenka. Oh, gosh. See, you you know how to fuck with me, Paul. And I I'm do. sorry. That's making our podcast explicit. But if you have a button, I'm going to push it. Because I'm a pusher. This is right where my head and my heart, they just... Where they meet? Tangled. Mm. No. Oh, incorrect. <laughs> I'm I'm going to keep my hands up so you can see. I I was surprised as anyone else, but yes, she will in fact win two more because she's finally to. gotten the yips out of that serve. I can't wait till we're ninety, and I can tell you you're wrong. Well, we won't be ninety at the same time, but one of us is older. But in this lighting, you'll never know who. Okay, the next one, Rafael Nadal. No. But for, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because if I get this one wrong, mm-hmm. I am out of the game. 
So I'm well, gonna... it's, it, it's not just about winning here. This is really important for people to know what is going to happen in the future so they can know what to expect when they watch tournaments. I, I, I really hope you didn't bribe your crystal ball because the answer is <laughs> the answer is no. Hmm. Tell me why. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but he's one of the he's the best ever at getting through seven five set matches at the French Open, but he just can't do it one more time. He can't. I credit it, but he can't do it one more time. I I hear you, but the thing is, is that he has enough magic left. So he's definitely going to retire at the Paris 24 Olympics. There's no doubt in my mind about that. So he has six more shots. We'll we'll be there, right? At the Paris 24 Olympics? Absolutely. All right. I'm the the ring bearer, but I'm not saying which ring. Okay, next one. I think it's the second ring. Next one. (laughs) It's the the ding ring <laughs> next one is emma redicanu redicanu that's my british accent yes yes that's my accent or yes that's your answer yes 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 no the answer is no oh she is not going to win another you know you're playing a perfect game so far if the goal was to get every single one wrong so if i get if I get everyone wrong, I actually win. That That's a winning. Then it makes everything right, because five mm-hmm. negatives equals a positive. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. We're going for it. Yelena, Asta, Apenko. I'm just going to tell you, the answer yeah. is absolutely yes. Yes! Oh, thank God. I was starting to worry that you've never watched tennis before in your life. But yeah, she's going to win another one. I don't know which one because she is such an animal and uh, who knows. But yeah, she's going She's going to have at least one more catch fire moment. I think the U.S. Open this year. Okay. U.S. Open this year, folks. Uh, put your money on Yelena Ostapenko. Okay, last one. This is for all the marbles because you're one for four. Dominic team. No. Are you sure? Sure. You're right. It's no. He's done. Mm -hmm. He's not going to make it. He had his window. He really was getting there. But his recovery, his road recovery has been so fraught. And it's just, it's not happening. So, um, Dominic, um, we love you. Come on the pod anytime. Um, But the, the crystal ball says what the crystal, the crystal ball heart wants what the crystal ball heart wants as they say in ancient Rome. So that's it. So good job, Billy. You got two out of five. I got four out of five. That makes me twice as good of a ball boy as you. And so I've won this week's episode. Yeah. And you know, your prize might have something to do with the pop-up Nobu at Indian Wells and something called the bento box. Okay, so everyone, I will be eating a bento box live on Zoom that we'll record and then show you not live. So tune in for that. Uh, My name is Paul Moncolm. I'm one of the ball boys. I'm here with my good friend, Billy Hansen. Hey another ball boy 
And this has been so much fun. Thank you for joining us for our very first episode. And we will be back in a few weeks with more from the Hardcore Swing. Bye, y'all.